When you're a pro, you got to do a little bit of everything. A little. A little. And even a little. And it helps to have something that works as hard as you do. That's why Valspar has a paint for every job, every room, every time. Valspar. You make it happen, we make it possible. Pros, head to Lowe's today and talk to a pro rep about getting up to 10 free gallons of Valspar through our paint trial program. Exclusions apply. See ValsparPro.com for details. Here another episode, another sermon coming at y'all from 12 Outs Sports, iHeart Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Zingo TV. Um, Rashad, what's going on? Man, Friday Eve, just went and had a little happy hour, so ready to talk some sports now, man. We got the NBA uh, All-Star Draft coming on right live as we're live, and of course, trade deadline was today, man, so we got a lot to get into. Uh, yeah, definitely. First of all, we had our Twitter poll up about our drafted teams that we talked about last time, and I think I lost. I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of disappointed <laughs> in, in, in the people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the people know what's best, man. <laughs> yeah, so we gonna, we, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, recap what happens in the actual uh, Team Giannis, Team LeBron trade. Uh, not trade, draft. But we are going to get into the trades. Man, you're talking about a busy day. It really wasn't a big name to where it's like, okay, like a like a boogie trade that happened last, uh, like two years ago. It, it's nothing like that. But you had a lot of small pieces that could eventually set up a dynasty, set up a team for the playoffs in the future. There's a lot of different things like that. So we'll get into it. We kind I kind of want to recap a little bit from a couple nights ago. Um the rock, the four-team trade between the Rockets, Hawks, T Wolves, and the Nuggets. Now, so the, the the really big things about that trade were Capella goes to the Hawks and Covington goes to the Rockets. The, those were the those were the big things. The the Nuggets got in there just to get rid of some players and pick up a first round from the Rockets, and the Timberwolves also picked up a first round uh, that was that is a Nets lottery protected pick. So I kind of I kind of want to uh, go go through that a little bit. What are your thoughts, initial thoughts on on the move? Uh, did you like do you like the fit for Capella uh, and the fit for Robert Covington? Yeah, I thought. I mean, logistically, it may have seemed a little bit messy, but to me, that that trade worked out for all parties involved because the Hawks are entering territory where they don't know if John Collins is going to stay or not because he only has like one more year left on his on his rookie deal, so he may or may not stay. So at least you have insurance with Capella as a rim running pick and roll big and then for um Covington going to the Rockets, I thought that was huge just because their weakness is pretty much defense and you want shooting on the floor at the same time. So we've seen it last year playoffs. There have been times where they couldn't even play Capella due to he doesn't space the floor shooting wise or things like that. So if you can't play him, why not go? If you can't play him when you need him most in the last five, seven minutes of the game, 
why not go ahead and trade him and get something that you can play in those men's forms? So I'll be interested to see how that Russ Harden, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, Robert Covington, that five plays out when it's crunch time. I thought they should have probably got somebody a little bit bigger um, who can do some more things. But, I mean, Rocco, he's a he's a good player. And then, of course, what Denver did, moving Malik Beasley, they probably weren't going to sign him. Anyway. He probably wasn't going to sign back anyway. They probably don't really have the money to sign him back. So they just, just kind of want to get something instead of losing from nothing. So I think everybody involved came out as a winner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of people don't know about Rocco and, and how good he is as a defender. You're talking about 6'8", six, six, I think about 225, 230, but his, his stature is, like, huge. And for most teams in the West, when their best players are Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, when you have those guys, you have to find a way to stop them. And if your if your catalyst of your team is Westbrook and Harden, and Eric Gordon, they're not the ones to do that, right? So, bringing a Rocco, you got a guy who, he's like it's like it's like you you don't depend on him to score thirty, right? So it's not like he has to be Kawhi and score thirty and stop your best player. All he had to do was stop your best player and hit a couple shots. Um, we'll, we'll get into the other trades a little bit later, but they also had got Jordan Bell, who I thought would stay there, but he did get traded uh, today. But I thought I thought that would have been a nice move. But like you said, you wish they get somebody bigger. And you know, Tyson Chandler is the only big I can really think of on that roster. And if 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 they if they can do something, I mean, Tyson Chandler. I mean, obviously he's past his prime. But you know, sporadically, if you can get some good minutes out of him, I mean, I don't see why he couldn't be a a ten rebounds uh, guy, especially like and add two blocks or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm hoping they get into the buyout market. I want to see what happens with Tristan Thompson. or um, There's a few other guys who I think could potentially get bought out. They just aren't being floated out there. Like, I wonder if um, Charlotte buys out, like, Biombo or Marvin Williams. Like, you know, they're just, like, small little names out there of guys that could be bought out. I wonder if, you know, just will teams kind of just say, all right, well, season's a wash or – so just kind of just say, just wave the white flag and see if they give some contending team some assets to go after in the buyout market, pretty much. Right. Um, and Capella to the Hawks. Now, I know a lot of people are thinking like, well, they should they should have got Drummond for where he went for today. But I'm, I'm thinking about Capella, and I think he's a better fit for Atlanta overall when you look at it. So the reason why I say that is Capella is one of the best best big men in the game as far as pick and roll. And, you know, he can catch the blobs with the best of them, right? Uh, long guys, 6'10", 6'11", uh, can jump, uh, long arms. And, you know, with Trey Young, who's, you know, one of the – I mean, one of the most <laughs> special players as far as the pick-and-roll game concerned, you had the, one of the best big men and one of the best guards doing it. I mean, this 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 is – I'm not going to say lob city, but you're going to get something very, very similar to that. And on top of that, it's a guy who don't need touches, right? We always talk about Capella. Like, that's why you, you when you mentioned earlier – He's not he's not going to be on the floor at the end of the game because, you know, they need somebody to score. Well, the Hawks got a different type of system, different type of game around, and he pick and roll with him. You got shooters on the outside. John Collins is getting better, um, stretching his game out a little bit. But you got to think, with Drummond, you have to throw in the ball down to him. You have to set up plays and throw to him. With Capella, he's not worried about that. You know, he's the... He's he's the Bill Russell of the <laughs> of the of the future. So you know him getting fourteen and fourteen. Hey, that's that's all good. Yeah, when you have guys like Trey Young, who is a wizard with the ball, he he can space the floor shooting. Kevin Herter can space the floor shooting. So 
there's going to be a room for Collins and Capella both to operate, and there will be times that both of them can play at the same time. When it comes to closing time, I'm not sure how they navigate the lineup. Will they play one over the other? Will they go Hunter at the four? Um, just things like that. I want, I want to see how they work it out logistically. They On the back end, they acquired LaVissier from the Blazers. So um, they're really going – I would say they're going young on, like, all the, the wing spots because you don't – you don't know what you're going to get out of Hunter, Cam, and this year just quite yet because they're all, you know, they're all fairly young players. So you don't know what what that game is going to develop into. But it's better to at least have the tools to work with than no tools at all because you know what you have in Trey, you know what you have in John Collins. So and and of course Capella and you know Hurd is going to be a knockdown shooter. So you you kind of know what you have on certain spots, but I guess in that wing area they're trying to figure it out. But I think he's a good trade for Capella. I think he he needed a fresh start because Houston was kind of, you know, their their direction where they're going playing style wise just wasn't fitting him anymore because he can't shoot the ball. And when it comes to D'Antoni's system, he wants to run and play fast. No, I know you're a big um, caveat for for the Atlanta Hawks being a playoff team. I'm not there yet. That's because. I think they still need a second score. I, I don't want Collins to be my second score. I want him to be my third. If that's the case, then if they, I don't know what they can do in the offseason, but they have the money, so let's see. I think they waived Chandler Parsons. Uh, I think they waived them or they buy him out? No, they, they waived Parsons, but, I mean, he, he'll still get his money. So uh, he'll be fine. They moved Evan Turner. They moved Jabari Parker. Um, they brought back Dwayne Dettman. So they, they have like a, a three – Three rotation big thing up front. And then they had his two best career years with the Hawks, too. I think people can kind of forget that. So um, what they have up front is, is good. And, again, it's what they did up front is because Collins could potentially walk in for agency. So they want to have some cushion with Capella and with, with Dittman. So that makes sense to me. But I think they could maybe contend for the eight seed next year because I feel like the Nets, of course, KD and Kyrie, that's going to work. I don't think Boston's going anywhere. Giannis with the books, they're they're going to always be there. You have the Sixers, they're going to always be around. Um, I want to see what Toronto does in the off season, but Toronto should, you know, with, with Masai. Masai, I trust what he does. So Toronto should still be in the playoff mix next year as well as, you know, some other teams, um, you know, Sixers and Pacers, teams like so. I think you know there there are about six or seven teams that we can kind of say for sure will be in even Miami Heat. So I think we have like a for sure six seven teams that we know will be in a playoff race next year. But I think with what the Hawks have acquired, good coach, they're moving in the right direction. Maybe they add somebody else, like you said, a second score. Maybe they don't. Um, I'm not sure what they'll do as far as that because there really won't be a plethora of free agents this summer. So I just kind of want to see what they do in regards to maybe add a second score, but I think they could be an early contender for that eight seed going into next year. Now, you also mentioned about the Hawks uh, getting dead men. They traded away uh, Jabari Parker and Alex Lynn. Um, the Hawks, they was, they was pretty pretty active. Um, another team that was active, I feel like the first two trades happened late at night. Like I woke up I woke up this morning and saw that the Sixers and the Warriors made a trade, Alec Burks and uh, Glenn Robinson III making their way to the Sixers for for the Warriors uh, for three second-round picks. Now, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson, now we're talking about Sixers' problems. It was shooting and it was it was depth. I, now, I think they got two good guys who can fill both of those roles. And, Alec, you know, Alec Burks is, is known to get his own shot, and, and Glenn Robinson is a versatile wing who can do a lot of things. So now 
I mean, six Sixers, I mean, they might be, what, the five, six seeds right now, but they might can find themselves making a, a strong push with with just these two a, uh, acquisitions. Now, I know we have a little a little trouble in, in brewing in the locker room with Embiid and Ben Simmons. Uh, we both, I think I think we're both on the same page as far as, like, we don't think they, they can coexist too long. I know, I know, for me, I say that they should get rid of Embiid if they had to make a decision. But for the time being, they're all together, and maybe they can grow up and, and mature. But the Sixers, those... That little move right there, that, that that might spark something. Yeah, to me, winning is the cure-all. So as long as they start winning some games, I think coming into the season, they were thinking maybe we would be that one or two seed. But as you said, they're around that six seed now. I think with the moves they've made and, of course, MB back, and they're going to they're gonna start to find some chemistry. When you have a vet like Al Horford in that locker room, and I think he's going to be that kind of guy that's going to, Pull everybody together and say, look, we need to just talk everything out. Let's get it together. Because I think over the summer when J.J. Reddy left, you know, he kind of mentioned on like a podcast or in the interview that, you know, some guys just don't really care about certain things. So I think that's playing a part. You know, guys want to know, it's that ego thing. Oh, it's my team. No, it's my team. So that that's kind of playing a part. But I think for them, I think they can turn it around. Um they probably won't be able to get to the two seed because I think what, what Toronto's doing and what Boston's doing, they might not be able to catch them, but they can probably get to the four or five, and there'll probably be a matchup against that, uh, potentially the Bucks in the second round. There could be a matchup that helps them because they have a size to kind of deal with a guy like Giannis. And, of course, getting Burks, getting Glenn Robinson, you already have uh, Matisse Tybull and Zaire Smith on your team. So they're, they're going about eight, nine deep now, which is pretty good. It's about time. <laughs> it's, it's about time. Um, another team that was very, very active and a lot with a lot of Twitter beefs and stuff like that, um, <laughs> the Grizzlies and the Heat, they started it all off. Uh, the Heat sent Iggy Crowder and Solomon Hill. Uh, the Grizzlies sent Winslow, Deion Waiters, and James Johnson. Now, Waiters is going to be bought out, and James Johnson got dealt to the Timberwolves for uh, Gorgie Zane. Um, now, quite, now, first of all, Let's talk about Iggy because this whole thing about you know about him and a lot of things got brought up, and I don't know what people thoughts on Iggy are, but I think that he's being a little bit overrated um, this past few week, uh, the past few like hours and stuff like that about you know what he were now what what he was to the Warriors. Of course, he was a a big part, but the way the way that we are treating him, they act like he was the biggest part. You know? Yeah, Iggy. I'm not a big, I won't say a big fan, but I feel like he's just so over, people are overvaluing him so much. It's like he's Man. not going to be this game, he's not going to be this game changer that people think he is. He wasn't, I mean, he was a game changer on the wars because the system they have, how they play, and of course just the, you know, he only had to be like the fifth best player because you have Steph, you have Clay, you have Kevin Durant, um, you got Draymond. So, you know, I just felt like, Come on, man. He only had to do so much, so it's like his his role and his reputation has kind of become overvalued. Granted, what he does, he is great at it. I mean, you had people like Matt Kellerman saying they would want Iguodala taking the clutch shot over Steph Curry. Like that is blasphemous. <laughs> hey, I don't I really don't know what wrong sometimes with Matt Kellerman, but <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> yeah, so they were they were overvaluing this dude so much um it may move the needle slightly for the heat 
But in my personal opinion, I don't think it really does. Um, they did make additional moves with the Grizzlies, with Crowder, Solomon Hill, things like that. So in my opinion, it didn't really move the needle by a whole lot. But at the same time, depending upon the seeding, it, it could work out pretty good. And uh, live action, LeBron and Giannis, they playing right now. They they basically drafting the East versus the West starters. I think that's funny. I mean, I think they should do that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so I think the Iggy situation is kind of um, – yeah, like you say, you're, you're overrating this guy who's – his whole career, he's been a role player. I mean, when he was in Philly, now he was the best player on that team, but you got to think they were playing 500 basketball. Uh, he had baby Drew Holiday, baby Lou Williams, uh, baby Thaddeus Young. Like, imagine him being on that team and all in their primes. Like, he wouldn't be the best player or the second best or the third best. Like, so he always been a role player everywhere he went. Uh, got to the Warriors, and now he, then, he, then he finally started winning. I mean – Obviously, when you got Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond, and then you brought Kevin Durant in, it, it's simple, right? So I'm, um, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking of that nature that you know, it's just the fact that it's, it's, it's just he, him being overrated. Pat Riley know what he's doing. They paid him two years, thirty million dollars. Um, I think I thought that was a little crazy as well, but I can understand what they're trying to do. I think I, I've heard rumors about him. They use Iggy to recruit. They want they want him to help stop Giannis and then recruit Giannis back to back years. Uh, I don't know how true that those rumors are, but um, yeah, you're right. Adding Crowder, who can play defense, he's a tough guy. He he's always getting traded. It's feeling like every single year. Um, and Solomon Hill, I think he's a, got an expiring deal. So um, the the Grizzlies on their their end picking up Winslow, I thought that was genius. I thought I thought getting somebody who can get who can you know run the show a little bit outside of Job Morant, get somebody who can get you 12 points, about five rebounds, five assists. I mean that's solid. And it's not like you need him to do a lot of things. Yeah, the Grizzlies heat, to me, that's a win-win trade for both teams as well because you needed Winslow's contract to make the money work. And plus, with what the Heat have and what they were acquiring, he was kind of going to be lost in the shuffle. So you go ahead and give him, you know, a fresh start with Memphis with a young core and Brooks and uh, uh, John Morant. I'm about to get his, his name, John Morant and uh, Jackson. So you kind of give them a fresh start. And then you look at what the Heat got, Crowder, even though, like you said, you mentioned their defense. So they'll they'll be good, def- excuse me, good defenders. And then as far as just my concern with the Heat is, I, I like Spolster. He's a great coach, but I want to see what happens as far as, like, their rotations now. Because to me, I felt like they were getting the confidence. The young guys were getting the confidence playing those minutes like Harrow and Duncan Robinson, all those guys. But now you're bringing in two to three vets. Um, I want to see how that works. And they got a chance to move out the uh, Raiders. I think Grizzlies will probably just buy him out. They don't they don't want him around that, that young team. Um, I think James Johnson, he has like a, another year on his deal. So I think both teams won. But I want to see how this, this works out for the Heat. What does this mean for their team? Yeah, they got they actually got a lot of people. Um, <clears throat> Bam, as an all-star, you have Duncan Robinson. You have, you have uh, Jimmy Butler, of course. Drogic's still there. My boy Tyler Harrow, shout out to BBN, Big Blue Nation, Kentucky. And even uh, Kendrick Nunn, he, I think he won Rookie of, uh, of the Month in the end of the East this past month. So you got a lot, you got a lot of guys. And I, I think the guys they brought in, they're not asking them to do a lot. And, you know, the the one time Iggy stops somebody, they're going to they gonna shout him out and say, we told y'all he was this and this and that. And, you know, that's what I'm 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 ready. I'm, I'm already got my arsenal ready, locked and loaded. 
because I'm coming at him because, yeah, he might stop somebody, but, you know, two points, two rebounds, and one assist on, on, the, on the stats don't look good either. Um, <clears throat> another, another Grizzlies also got a lot of big men in this. They, they, they traded Cabocolo, uh, Bruno Cabocolo from Brazil away to, uh, to, the, to the Rockets for Jordan Bell. And then they, they, they when they got James Johnson, shipped him to, Tim, to Minnesota and picked up Gordon James. So now they got those two guys bringing in with Jaron Jackson, bringing in with Alyssa Eunice. So I, I don't know I don't know what their plans are. Um, maybe maybe Jang is a, is a buyout candidate for the Rockets, and you know he can shoot the shot. So it's not like he's that's a far out fetch. But I don't know if, what the Rockets plan to do because they have a lot of a lot of big guys, and and I think Jordan Bell and, and Jane should get minutes. So uh, Valencia Eunice and Jaron Jackson having good seasons this year. So we'll see about about the Grizzlies and can they stay in the West as the AFC or can they climb potentially get to the seven or six? I don't know. Um, hey, I, and they they made some moves where they could potentially lock up that eight seed and kind of keep Portland at bay. And, of course, we know the – we'll talk about them in a minute. The Spurs didn't do anything to try to keep pace. So, the Grizzlies, what they did, they could potentially hold off the Blazers for the eight spot. Yeah, so when the Grizzlies kept trading, I was like, man, I hope they're doing the right thing to to, to stay afloat, you know, because you can't, you can't be this team right now because they're 500. Uh, most, you know, the rest of the West teams are under 500, and they can stay, like you said, stay afloat. If you just play – 500 basketball the rest of the way. You probably get there. I mean, I don't know if Dame goes on the tear. He's on the tear right now. Uh, if he can, if he can will his team back, we we're gonna talk about the Spurs in a second. Uh, I don't know if they have enough to get there. Um, and then who who was on? The, I mean, I don't think the Suns or or anything like that make a make a splash back. But yeah, so Grizzlies, hey, they they here, man, and and it's kind it's kind of crazy because I didn't think they would be good at all. But when you trade out Mike Conley, you got rid of Gasol. Uh, Rudy Gay, like all these guys left, the, the, that culture left, and they still here. And you know that's credit to the front office, credit to the owners uh, of, of what they're willing to do. And you know John Morant's a stud, Dylan Brooks has been hooping, um, and of course Jaron Jackson. So I mean they really they really one piece away from locking it up, and maybe 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 getting these big guys and maybe adding Winslow, all the pieces to do that. No, I think they potentially have enough right now, and. All they're doing, they're just keeping it that same culture intact of what they already built, you know, with the the prior era. Um, they had Pagasol for a couple of years, made it playoffs a couple of times. Then, of course, that transitioned into a trade that brought in Mark Gasol, and they, of course, they had Zebo and Mike Conley, the Tony Allen, you know, the grit and grind era. And then, what recent years? Just last year, they they kind of trade that last piece away in Mark Gasol, and of course, Conley got traded to the Jazz. And now they're rebuilding it almost on the fly with with John Jackson, Brooks, and what they have now. So to me, it's I like what they're doing as well. I'm not sure how it you know goes for the next two years. Do, do they do all these guys keep improving, or can you keep pace in the West, or potentially take up the next step to be a a second round team, or maybe at some point make a conference championship? But for the short term, right now, for this year, and, and for sure next year. They're gonna probably be a playoff team the next two years. Now, the Spurs, your Spurs. <laughs> Let's talk about them. They decided to to stay packed, and I, I've been I've been advocate for saying this like it's time to blow it up. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge and DeRozan. Let's get them out of here because what what the Spurs have done. they the Spurs built their dynasty on drafting. Um, they drafted they drafted Dave Robinson way back when he got hurt. They got Tim Duncan in the in in draft. They got they got Ginobili in the draft. They got Tony Parker in the draft. They got Kawhi Leonard in the draft. Um, 
And then you got you no, know, you got the young guys that 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 that's playing a lot, Dejounte Murray and and Lonnie Walker, um, just just to name a few. So it's kind of like the Spurs know their way to success, but the whole reason why it's hard to it, it's hard to keep that is when you're you, you you're always winning, right? So you always in the playoffs having late picks. You have to hit on late late first rounders. It's only two it's only two rounds in the NBA draft. Meaning most of the time the top talent is at the beginning of the draft. I mean that just more, at least on average, right? Um, so what does that mean? You have to find you have to find a way to get a high pick, high draft pick, high draft capitals to to move up in the draft. And this was this was the time to do it. Um, I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know what what it is, but it's like you trade DeRozan for a first, or you you send him somewhere, you send Lamarcus Aldridge and try to get you a young piece, something because. Now, now you, you gotta hope you you gotta hit hit on these picks. You gotta hope that everything that co- like everything goes your right way. DeRozan's gonna leave leave you now with with nothing. He's gonna walk away most likely, and Aldridge is getting a year older than every year, so his value is gonna always diminish. So, I, I I thought the Spurs didn't do right this. I guess they don't want to give up, so to speak. But you gotta think of you gotta think logically and realistically that at some point at some point the Spurs are gonna have to. Have to start over and, and blow it all up, and this was the right time to do it. I think this was the perfect time to do it, and I don't know where you would have sent them guys to. I mean, earlier it was rumors about DeRozan to Miami. It was rumors that Pacers wanted to swap, you know, for Miles Turner. So I mean, it, it's it's a lot of different things that he could have done, and I'm surprised I'm surprised that they actually did. I was surprised because I thought that a trade was there for the taking, and then to see Wold say this team didn't receive any offers, I found to be ridiculous. I thought with the rumors of Turner and Sabonis not being the ideal fit together, I thought the Spurs should have made a play to try to go get Miles Turner because he would have fit what they're trying to do. Their weaknesses inside defense, he would have provided interior defense, space to floor shooting. He can shoot the mid-range and a three a little bit. I mean, the connections are there. Aldridge was coached by Nate McMillan in Portland. It would have been an easy transition for him. He's on a two-year deal. That would not have compromised the Patriots' window at all. They're not playing T.J. Leaf. I thought they could have easily put Turner and Leaf in a package and send it to the Spurs for Aldridge and maybe you know, some type of pick. And it would have been an easy swap for both teams. The Spurs need some – they could use T.J. Leaf. They could use Miles Turner. So I thought it would have been a good swap for both teams. Turner has Texas ties. He played ball in Texas for the Longhorns. So I just thought it would have made sense for that to be the ideal trade. Turner's contract, he's on a contract for this year, of course, and two more additional years. So I just thought, like, the right on the wall for this to be a ideal fit. The Pacers could make a little slight run in the East, potentially, and this would help the Spurs shore up their weaknesses. But – Neither team apparently caught each other in regards to that. <laughs> and as far as as far as the Rosen, um, I know he has a player option coming up. I'm not really sure what the market bears for him. Like I think he's fine being the Spurs one option, but the the other parts of the team have to fit. So like if you would have had a Turner and Murray, that's your wing defense, that's your point guard defense, your interior defense. You got Lonnie Walker who you can put in there and he'll give you some some good defense as well. So I just thought they could have started trying to retool on the fly. I'm not sure what's out there they could have got for DeRozan because I'm sure they wouldn't want to trade him to the West 
And honestly, there's nobody in the West who really would have the assets to give up to get him because sending him to like a team like the Suns, I think he wouldn't have signed back with the Suns anyway, so they probably want to risk that. So when you start looking at the East, the teams he may have had ties with, the Pistons are sorry, so he wouldn't want to go play with Dwayne Casey again. <laughs> and then with the Heat having such a resurgence in their, their young players, and then Jimmy Butler's there, you really couldn't try to trade him to Miami, even though like contract flexibility-wise it would have worked. Just what you would have got in return from Miami would not have been overwhelming enough for a player of DeRozan's caliber. And I don't think the Magic are interested because, again, the, the trade package back would not have been as good. So it's kind of like, where really, where do you where do you go with DeRozan? You kind of have to keep him because you can't, you know, you really just can't just send him anywhere. You want to get fair value for him. So I just think they kind of botched it a little bit. They, they had a chance to retool, but they didn't even make any calls, apparently. Right. And we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. For the marching exercise, you want to sit down in the center front of your chair, bring your feet shoulder width apart, and form a 90 degree angle with your knees. From here, you're going to lift one foot and raise the opposite arm just as you march in place in your chair. Make sure you keep that core nice and tight and you breathe into it, and also maintain good posture with a straight back. All right, we're back. Um, so Rashad, uh, before we before we move on to the next thing, anything you want to talk about? Oh yeah, for any sports fans out there, if you're looking to take your fandom to the next level, join my bookie where you can bet on your favorite teams and sports. You would use promo code Twelve Ounce Sports. You would get a deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars. Again, that's promo code Twelve Ounce Sports. I hope you get out here and make some bets, win some money. You got some games on tonight. And, of course, roughly 30 more games left in the season and, of course, the playoffs. So join my bookie. Use 12-ounce, number one, number two, the letter O, letter Z, sports, S-P-O-R-T-S. Use that promo code on my bookie and uh, try to win you some money. Yeah, I'm kind of sad that uh, NFL is over. That's where I put most of my money at because basketball is a little bit too unpredictable because you can make you can go 10 for 10 this night. The next night, have the same exact shots and miss them all. So, <laughs> football, you're going to catch that ball, most likely. You know, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I, I have a little trouble winning in uh, basketball. But, hey, hey, you, you might be better than me. Shoot, bet on that XFL debut on Saturday, too, I think. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm all in. And I, I think I, I think I want to go ahead and announce the, uh, the team the team I want to I wanna cheer for before we go to some more um, trade talk. Now, I think you got, like, you got DC Defenders. You got like the LA Wildcats, if I'm not mistaken. I think I sent you the, the the list of the teams, and I was like, man, you know what? I'm messing with the Dallas Renegades. I think that's gonna be my team, y'all. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a Dallas Renegade fan because I like the hat from 47 um, brand. So because the hat look cool, I'm I'm <laughs> that's gonna be my fan. So um, shout out my boy Bob Stoops as we go to win this. Uh, was it XFL champ? Is it called Super Bowl? Like, like what? What is their name of it? I wonder what it what, is. Like the championship game? Yeah, the XFL championship. Oh, that sound that sound good enough. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're gonna call it, honestly. 
But we're gonna we're gonna take it year one, just like uh my power and big three. We took it uh a couple years ago. So a uh, I love these. I don't know why. I don't know why about you, but I love these like big three and XFL things. It, it, it gives you something to look forward to when when the season's over with. Oh yeah, we've been to the big three every year, so I I enjoy the big three. It's it's, it's different. It's fun. You know, it's it gives you something to like you said look forward to, but at the same time, you get to still you know just see it from a different aspect because like a lot of stuff that NFL does now. They took from the XFL in its original, you know, original format. So I just think things like that and stuff that the Big Three's doing, they kind of have different creative minds, different creative processes, and that can lead to bettering the bigger product. Yeah, definitely. I, I I'm, I'm gonna be all tuned into XFL this weekend and see and see what it, what it's about and, and and because they got Oliver Luck running it this year. So uh, I want to see. How you know the players? Because yeah, you got you got actually real talent guys who've been in the NFL already. So it's, it's actually gonna be pretty fun. Yeah, I haven't picked a team, but if I did pick somebody, oh man, I'm gonna do a dart throw. I'm, I'm I'm gonna go with the LA team. Oh man, come on, man, come on, come on, join Dallas Renegades down here. Uh, <laughs> all right, so yeah, we, for year for year one, roll with the LA team. I got you. Um, another trade that happened: Pistons and Cavs. I. Kind of, kind of, uh, kind of shocked a little bit that Drummond went to the Cavaliers. Um, not quite, quite sure the Cavaliers thinking, but for the Pistons, I understand a lot. Uh, I've, I've, I've read a lot, and it said that the Pistons didn't want Drummond to to accept that player option that he has next year. It was worth about twenty eight million dollars. So I can understand because the Pistons want to go ahead and do the start rebuild now instead of waiting next year. So they have about about roughly thirty five to thirty six million dollars in cap space. And on top of that, they may they may look to move Blake Griffin uh, come next season. So um, this this is a team that can go ahead and start over. They're gonna go ahead and tank and, and, and rebuild because they tried. I mean, they got they got uh, Blake Griffin. They got Derrick Rose, Luke Kennard, who can get you about 15 points a game. And it just it just is not working out. Blake Griffin can't stay healthy, so it's kind of like this team is just in 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 standstill. And Drummond just getting better and better and older and older each year. So. It's time. It's time to move on, and that, that's what they did. And they sent. I think they got back in return. Brandon Knight, his second stint. His second stint with the uh, Pistons. John Henson and a second round pick, um, which is not a lot of, not a lot of assets when it comes to Drummond. So, it's it's it's, it's clear to see that they just want to get rid of him. Well, they want to get rid of him, but it's for um, good reasoning. Well, I'll talk about the Cavs first. I know why the Cavs did what they did. You're gonna lose Tristan Thompson at the end of this year anyway, so the likelihood of you signing somebody this offseason is pretty slim. So you go trade for a depressed, well, a distressed asset in Drummond. So the market's gonna probably be bare for him as well. So he's gonna more than likely opt into his player option, and that could give you a competent team somewhat. You have you, you should not miss any rebounds with Drummond and Kevin Love. Um, you have some young guys in the backcourt, so the the Cavs they could be a hopefully they're better than what they are this year next year, and then you know Tristan Thompson could get bought out because I don't see any way for the rest of this year they keep Love Drummond Thompson and Larry Nance Jr. That's your entire front court. There's no way you're gonna pay Thompson the quantum bench, or you're not you're gonna pay Drummond the quantum bench or Love. So I think Thompson could be a buyout candidate, and then for the Pistons. It made sense for them because they're trying to kick out a rebuild. So you don't want to still keep Drummond on the books when you're trying to pay Christian Wood, who they believe in. I believe in him as well. 
He's on my fancy basketball team. If, if you look at the numbers, he's doing pretty good, and they believe in him. And you can tell that they're going to probably move on from Blake Griffin at some point also because they believe in Sekou. He's still raw, but has potential. I'm not sure why they were reportedly shopping Luke Kennard. I thought that's they crazy. Should, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought they should be looking into keeping him. So I'm not sure why they were shopping him. But I guess it's to see what the market bears, see if someone believes in him as much as you, and see if you can get something good back. But I was surprised they were shopping Kennard. But the Pistons, they could potentially be headed in the right direction because you look at, like you said, they're getting back Brandon Knight. I think his deal is expiring. So you'll have a lot of cap space. Uh, Reggie Jackson, he's coming off the books. Finally. Uh, Langston, yeah, Langston Galloway. Uh, what's my guy named? Thon Maker. So like they have a lot of stuff coming off the books. And, of course, like you said, they traded Drummond. So that's $28 million you have freed up. I think the only thing they're committed to next year would be Blake. Derrick Rose, I think he, he's only at like 7 or $8 million. And I think Kennard, and based on his draft spot, he's probably anywhere between – five to six million so and say who so you know they're in a good spot i'm not sure what they do with marquise morris because I, I don't recall him getting traded so i'm not sure what they do with marquise but they they have almost a clean slate yeah marquise was on the trade block to get traded out i've heard like rumors about like milwaukee and um you, you also heard like the uh i was was it a, not the suns it was another contender in the west i forget who it was but uh, I, I did hear the Bucks, but I see that, that you know he did stay. So, yeah, I mean they 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 got they got talent, and it's like man, it's which I'm a big big Blake Griffin fan. If he can stay healthy, my gosh, he's he, he's literally one of the, best, the top five power forward in the game. If he's if he's there, he just he just can't seem to be healthy. Uh, it is what it is. But yeah, the, the Pistons, like I said, I can understand why you get rid of Drummond because you want to you want to have that cap space and, and let's go ahead and start over because. It's hard to start over when you we don't have no money. It's kind of how the Cavs were. They was losing, but they was they was financially strapped with with K Love and Tristan Thompson, and it's hard to move those contracts. But um, I, I can understand. I can understand why. They, I guess you made a lot of sense with the Cavs. Like you want to go ahead and let go, but I thought they would have gone ahead and just trade Thompson away. Like trade Thompson away, trade Kevin Love. Go ahead and start over. But it depends what you're getting back to. Like they they can't just. Like, Detroit, they they had to do it. But, like, for the Cavs, you got to look at what are they getting back and also the receiving team. So, like, a team like Boston may want to be, but they're not willing to give up one of their key pieces like a Marcus Smart and a draft pick to go get Tristan Thompson. He's on a one-year deal. So, it has to make sense for, for both sides. So, just looking at it from that point of view, I can see why. And then I think Kevin Love is in that same boat as uh, Chris Paul. People – value the player but the contract that they have is not very appealing so a team like the heat who you may think man they should probably go for it go get a second or third option they want to still stay flexible for 2021 so a guy like kevin love would compromise their cap space and just look at other teams like they want to still stay flexible for 2021 that's that's the the prize everybody has their eye on so Outside of a team like maybe going back to Minnesota or something like that, I can't really see where <laughs> Kevin Love would land because there aren't too many people willing to take on that kind of contract or who have the assets that the Cavs may want back for Kevin Love. Because they, they still see Kevin Love as like their franchise guy. He's the face of the Cavs now. And I don't really know what what to believe in the in the Cavs as far as 
what direction they're going in. I mean, yeah, Drummond, Kevin Love, that's, that's, that's a great, that's a great outstanding front court. Um, Calder Sexton and, and, and Darius Garland, uh, my boy Sadie Osmond over there from uh, about Turkey. Um, you know, I'm a big international guy, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know the direction that that they, they actually want to go in. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I don't know, like, cause I mean, if you, if you, if Kevin Love is in the trade rumors and and, and or you know that you don't know how to how to use him, then then who is the guy you're going to build around? I guess, I guess we they answer that with with uh with Andre Drummond. Yeah, the the Cavs. It's a weird thing because let's say Drummond opts in, which he more than likely will, because the market is going to be suppressed for somebody of his nature, because nobody really has cap space anymore. So <laughs> if he opts in, so he should just opt in and go into the 2021 class like everybody else is going to do. So that'll be 28 million committed to Drummond. Kevin Love is on the books for roughly 31 million next year. And I think they have Larry Nance for about eleven or twelve million. Man, that's that's roughly like seventy million dollars committed just those three players. So, <laughs> all in the front court. They can't even play together. It, it, yeah, so you can't even play all you got at the same time. And then I think uh didn't they get excellent trade earlier this year for somebody? Yeah, for Clarkson. Yeah, Clarkson. Excellent, excellent for Clarkson, yeah. yeah. yeah he got he yeah, got so, like a, I, mean, look, I think he like ten million dollars too. Yeah, so you look at the guys they drafted recently with Garland, Sexton. Those are cheap contracts, but they should be nothing more than five to seven million because they're still rookie scale. And then uh, who else did they get? Uh, Kevin Porter, like guys like that, guys who are making like two to three million. So on the financial side, they're good, but on like the team fit side, it is it's it's not good at all to me. <laughs> I mean, Cavs, the, the coach don't know what he's doing. They don't. They, I think that was. I don't think that was the right move. Uh, I don't think getting Darius Garland was the right move. Like I thought, I thought they they could have they could have let Sexton run the floor. That that's what they wanted to do, and get shooters around him because you know that's when he he slacked in. And I don't know, man. It's it's a lot, it's a lot of different direction different directions I would have gone in. And Cavs have a lot of they have a lot of high picks to to not be hitting, other than LeBron and, and Kyrie. Like they, they they I mean Trip Thompson was a solid solid pick at number four. But you know when you look at the alternative like the opportunity cost in that you look at. I think Giannis was in the same draft class, and uh, Clay Thompson. No, oh, no, not Giannis. Um, Clay Thompson, Kawhi was all in that draft class, and you know you, you got TT where you could, you could have built a dynasty somewhere else. So I, I don't know. Cavs, Cavs, they can't draft, they can't trade, they can't can't sign. I mean, I, they, besides LeBron saving them, uh, it just terrible franchise. Yeah, the draft is always hindsight, but you know. It's, right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to look at the time what they had on the roster and what they were probably building toward. So at the at the time, those were especially like the Calvary and Tristan Thompson. Those were pretty solid picks, but around that same time frame, they had drafted Dion Waiters, and that's kind of why they passed on Oladipo, which they shouldn't have. But you know, like it's it's, it's all hindsight. Right. But the Cavs, I got one more thing to say about them: free Sandy Osmond. Yes, sir. I'm with you. I'm, hey, I'm on that bandwagon <laughs> with you, man. Hashtag free city hey, husband. It won't happen, bro. He got like a five year contract. It won't happen. <laughs> hey, he's he's hey, he took the money. He he had to take the money when he came, man. You know what? I don't think he cared. I think all he cared about is uh is like playing this season, getting healthy, and then Olympics. He gonna he gonna shine because that boy is a bucket. <laughs> I'm trying to tell y'all, like, man, like that, hey, that's one of my favorite players. In, in, Bogdan Bogdanovich on the Kings. Hey, that's my that's my guy too. I, I love those two guys in the national stars. I love I love those guys. Hey, man. you are, you already know who team I'm with rolling in the Olympics. Team Serbia, boy. <laughs> uh, 
anyway, uh, the last the last trade I want to talk about, we should talk about is is the Wolves and the Warriors, man. I think this was the best trade of the of the whole of the whole uh, trade deadline saga. And that was D'Lo going to the Wolves and Wiggins going to the Warriors. I, I think it's a lot to unpack here. Um, I think I think when the Timberwolves traded away Roko and you, you saw how vocal Cat was about it, they were they were they were really getting on Cat Cat's nerves, and he probably was going to ask out. And you for the Minnesota, you can't do this for the third straight time when you drafted Kevin Garnett. Uh, you made at least for him, you made the playoffs all the time, but he he couldn't get over the hump, and then he, he had to get rid of him. Kevin Love comes in, he couldn't make the playoffs, and now Cat comes in, and outside of the Jimmy Butler year, he couldn't make the playoffs. So I mean, it's it's hard to do this again. We've seen Anthony Davis, we've seen Paul George recently just ask their way out and got out. So it's not hard for another guy like Cat to do the same thing. And I think they saved face today by trading for one of his best friends, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Mr. Ice in his veins. I think I think D'Lo is special. I think he's. What he did last year with the Brooklyn Nets, taking them to the playoffs uh, as the lead guy. Now, granted, he had a lot of good help with with Jerry Allen and Karis LeVert, Dean Witty, guys like that. But still, he was a leading he was a leading guy that he was all star last year. Uh, stole game one. I was there live at that one. Um, we stole game one against the Sixers. So it's it's kind of like this this guy. He he. I think he's getting to that his own. And I think you know you, sometimes you gotta let guys grow up. And I think he's he has he learned from L.A. He learned in Brooklyn, and I, I think he could being around Curry and Clay for that little bit, and Draymond and just Steve Curry that winning. You know, obviously they was losing, but to be around guys who were winners, something probably rubbed off on him. And being with Cat, I think I think this could this could be a, a, another great uh, guard big duo that we can see in the future. Now I don't know the other the other pieces that they got can help, but I will be wanting to see like how the roster and, and how Saunders uh work these two guys out because I think these guys can be great. No, nah, I'm I'm not rolling with it. Cat doesn't play much defense. Russell doesn't play much defense. So in my opinion, they can lose happily together since they best friends. They can, <laughs> they can go shop. They they can go shop at the Mall of America. Go buy you some chains, some new clothes. You can buy you a snowmobile or something because it's always cold in Minnesota. You can do whatever. But winning games, I don't think it's gonna be at the top of the list for them. Um, like Cat has no excuses. At, at this point, his his excuses are out the window to me. You took the money. Yep. You, you wanted Tom Thibodeau out. Yep. He's out. <laughs> you got you got Ryan. You, you got you got Ryan Saunders. Y'all didn't like Jimmy Butler. Y'all got him out. Okay. And then now, you have your best friend, the point guard you want, D'Angelo Russell. That's four things that you took. You wanted. You took advantage of, and you got it. So. I don't want to hear anything else about somebody sleeping on us, none of that kind of stuff. Cat <laughs> is a great player. I think he's top 15 in the league, but he's entering that territory or where he's going to be known as just a great staff guy. And one playoff appearance, I mean, that year was a good year. They they made it in off a tiebreaker, but at the same time, that was a year the standards were pretty close. So they could have been two or three, two to two to four games away from moving up in the seeding. But at the same time, you didn't make out the first round. And since since then, the team has been in turmoil. I mean, you had guys calling calling him soft. He got into a scuffle this year. Like you know, just it's just a lot of stuff, man. So I wanna I wanna see Cat 
do good. Like I'm I'm a cat advocate. I think he's a great player. Like I think he's top fifteen in the league. But at the same time, man, the excuses had to be put to bed and you have what you wanted. They they made some trades for you guys to, to get a few pieces. You got Jared Culver. Hope he turns into something. So the I just want to see what the Tim Wolves do. And he, he as a superstar player, you got everything you wanted. What are you gonna do with it now? Yeah, so I I think Jared Culver Culver is somebody they they actually do love, and putting him with D'Lo in the back in the backcourt. I mean, they both six five plus. So now you have a you have a, I, I love big guards. So now you have two guys back there. Culver is a defender, so he will be he will take on the role once he adds on a little bit more muscle. He will take on the role of guarding the best guard. Um, D'Lo doesn't have to do that when you have Culver. But obviously, you want to play defense, but. You know he's not. It's kind of like a. I'm not gonna say Curry and Clay Thompson type of deal, but sim- similar to to that nature. Um, and and then on top of that, y'all two are not the best players on the team. You have Cat. Now you are right. Cat needs to play defense because he falls asleep a lot, and they need they need to they need to get a big man next to him. I think I think Cat or like at least a four who can stretch the floor but play defense. I, I don't. It's kind of hard to find somebody like that, but somebody you have to find the right pairing with Cat. And then you have to be able to find, to replace that wing because they got rid of Co- Robert Covington, which I don't, I still don't, I still don't get why they got had to get rid of him, because they they did get a first round pick, but it's lottery protected. So their their hope is the Nets make the playoffs, right? So then they'll have the, and Nets be like an eight seed, seven seed. So they'll they'll have pick like eighteen around somewhere around there, um, and then then you have your pick, which is going to be less than in, in the lottery. So you're going to have two picks in the top twenty. Which is pretty good, and if you can, if you can somehow do whatever you can, and you can win the lottery. I don't know if win the lottery mean anything, but if you can get somewhere around there, this class is not as strong. But if you get somebody like Anthony Edwards out of Georgia, who's six six guard, who who's strong enough to play the wing, like it, I mean, you you have to hit on these picks. That's basically what you have to do. And um, I I think D'Lo is going to emerge. And I think I think if D'Lo takes him one more step, then it, it forces Cat to take that next step too. And if if Cat can be a if Cat can push to where they're saying where you're saying Jokic, NBA, Cat all in the same sentence as far as who the best big in the league, then I think that that's the only way because people gotta realize when they when Jim Butler was the second best player on the team, well I guess you could say one A one B to Cat and Wiggins was three, this team was literally two games back from being a three seed. They were the eight seed, but they they were two games back from that was when the West was so so stacked everybody was around each other. And now the West is really is really top sided, front loaded up there at one through five, and then you can you can at six and seven you, you can you can get there, and then of course the Grizzlies being five hundred. I I don't think it's a hard task to ask somebody to, to play five hundred basketball, and when you have two guys who I can who I would, I can argue that D'Lo's the top twenty five player, when you have two guys up there, you should you should you should at least be five hundred, at least. So so we'll see we'll see in the future what they got to do but like all these guys they brought in like James Johnson they brought in Malik Beasley Hernan Gomez Evan Turner Van, Vanderbilt I don't know what they, I don't know I, I don't know what to, to 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 suggest from this they got rid of Shabazz Napier I think um, they brought in Jordan McRae like they it's a lot of it's just a lot of names that, that nobody knows and nobody I mean they're not that they're not that good they're not going to change change the, the scape of of what Timberwolves are so. They have a lot of work to do, and if if, if they're if those two not going to like you said, they're going they're going to accept losing. That's fine, but it's like at some point y'all need to being a two top twenty five players. You can't be, you can't be uh less than five hundred basketball. 
You just can't. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm gonna drop my one last thing on the Wolves. I want to see what they do with Malik Beasley because he was playing. Like, I, I love the Nuggets, so, so I, I watch Denver every chance I get. So Beasley was playing some good minutes for them, and they're only trading him because they have a lot jam at the position. You have Gary, Jamal Murray, Will Barton. So Beasley's come off the bench. I mean, the numbers aren't eye pop. He's only averaging like eight, but I want to see if the Wolves believe in him and be like, hey, we're going to pay you, you know, $10 million a year, $12 million a year. I want to see what the Wolves do with him. Do they believe in him and feel like he can be an asset to the team? Because if he can be, you know, if he if he has more to his game, which he at times he's shown flashes, if he has more to his game, he could be a key player in the backcourt or at least a good rotation piece if, you know, they're locked in to cover D low at that one two. So I want to see how that how that plays out. And of course we're all, we were just about Wiggins, so let's go ahead and get to that Golden State part of it. Because you think the, the Wolves can play five hundred ball? I don't know, man, because you look at the Lakers aren't going anywhere the next couple of years. Clippers aren't. I don't think Denver's going anywhere either. If Portland gets a little bit healthier, maybe make another move or two, get me back in it. You know, of course, you still got Doncic and KP. You know, is Utah's not going anywhere unless Mitchell or Gobert walk away. So I, I don't. Man, the Warriors gonna be back. I don't see how the Warriors can make it into the playoffs going forward, even with Cat, who I think is top fifteen, and uh, you know these acquisitions. I don't see how the Warriors can make it into the playoffs going forward. Well, yeah, they they got a lot of work to do. I, I don't know what what the move is, but you gotta you gotta hope that Culver is, is the guy. Um, you gotta you gotta hope that next draft pick. Yeah, like they, like I said, you got you gotta hit on because there's nobody in the world going to Minnesota. Now I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, and I won't even live in Minnesota. So <laughs> it's I, nobody wants to go there. Nobody's going to sign there. You can't name a free afraid that went there that you thought was good. Everything they have to do has to be th- be done through trades and drafts. Uh, they traded for Jimmy Butler. They drafted. They drafted KG, Kevin Love, Cat. They traded for D'Lo, Zach Levine. Zach Levine. So like, it's, it's, the list goes on of all the guys that, that were good. <laughs> all came between a trade or a draft. They're not signing no guys to come there and be a factor. So um, they they're gonna they're gonna have to come come up with something. Um, but yeah, so we can talk about talk about the flip side of this and Wiggins going to the Warriors. Now, <laughs> I tweeted this earlier today because I thought it made a lot of sense, and it's it's just the narrative of what people think of Andrew Wiggins. So when Andrew Wiggins was drafted, he was he was deemed the next the next this the next great right. I, I remember like coming out, it was like saying that like, he could be the next Kobe Bryant. I mean Drake <laughs> Drake made a a a, a song uh, draft day a Wiggins. Now both like John Mazel wasn't good either, so it's kind of like uh you know probably shouldn't had made that song about him. But um, when, when it comes down to it, Andrew Wiggins has been consistent since day one. Like he's he's a guy who's going to play every single game. He's a guy that's going to score about 17 to 20 points a game. And that that and he's he's great as a third option. Like it's 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 crazy how people don't realize that. Like, for example, like 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 last year, Toronto Raptors. Kyle Lowry and DeRozan could not get over LeBron to save their lives, right? And as soon as the, as soon as Siakam rose up and became better than Kyle Lowry, and when they got Kawhi Leonard, who was one and two, because Kawhi Leonard was so great, Kyle Lowry don't have to be excellent to get over that hump anymore because if he if he stays the same as he as he is with a guy like Siakam and a guy like Kawhi that's that's good enough to get you over the hump and I think I think it's the same same situation like Wiggins might not be good enough to be that number two guy 
And Cat might not be able to be number one. But when they got Jimmy Butler, they went to the playoffs. And without him, they, they can't get there. So now that Wiggins on the Warriors, where he'd be the third option, and probably, I mean, I guess I guess in the NBA world, they think he'd probably be the, the fourth best player. His 20 points are now going to quote-unquote mean something. So y'all, so everybody from 2014 to 2020, y'all said Wiggins – Wiggins ain't he he's not good because he he's scoring 20 points on a sorry team. And then next year, 2021, when the Warriors all everybody's back healthy, y'all gonna say, oh, the Warriors can go to the championship, they go to the finals because you got Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond, and we got Andrew Wiggins. He scored 20 points a game. But so now it means something. So it's like the narrative of Andrew Wiggins is only because y'all thought he was gonna be the, the next coming of greatness, and he wasn't. He still had he's still having a good career. He, he he's like I said, he's a guy who's going to show up every night. He's going to show up every night. Now you might have he's been better as far as consistency, consistency comes when it comes to being more aggressive, um, not having those lapses where you have ten game stretches of you not him not playing good basketball. He don't he doesn't have that as much anymore. He he's getting he's getting better at that. And I think I think the narrative is going to change a lot when Andrew Wiggins come around. When now he's going to be on a winning basketball team, and you can see uh, where he's at. And also before you I let you go. He's not going to be no Harrison Barnes. Can everybody stop saying that? Like, he might be no Harrison Barnes. No, he's not. He's better than Harrison Barnes. He can get his own shot like uh, Harrison, before Harrison Barnes can. Like, he's a guy, he can go get his own. He don't need Curry and Clay. And as far as to win, he probably needs him, he needs him to win, but he don't need him to get his own. So, he's not going to be Harrison Barnes. He's going to be better than that. You got Draymond, you got Curry and Clay when they all come back. Next year, the Warriors going to be a top five seed easily. And. Y'all gonna see why y- y'all y'all gonna see what Wiggins is about, and, and I'm gl- I'm glad that he's gonna be on the Warriors, and he don't have to be the guy. So him him taking that step down on as a as an option, you're gonna see how, how great he can be. Yeah, Wiggins he'll be fine with the Warriors. They needed a wing. They got a good wing, athletic, long arms. You know he he can not on a three pretty good. He's about thirty three to thirty five percent any given year. Like you said, twenty points, and he'll get anywhere from eighteen and twenty points, twenty-two points. Um, being around Stephen Clay, that'll probably work on his free throw shooting, get him up out of that low seventies percentage. And I think just being around easygoing guys like her, like Clay, like Steph, that'll kind of they they won't demotivate him. When you're in Minnesota, you're losing, it's cold, you're not having any fun, you're demotivated. I think in a good culture, good team, winning, having fun. He'll be more motivated. So instead of people criticizing him for defensive lapses or offensive lapses, I think he'll be more willing to go and die for a loose ball, take on that defensive challenge, things like that. I think he'll be a, a great asset to the team, and they could potentially make a finals run next year because they they have all their 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 cap space to play with. I mean, they're locked up into Wiggins, Clay, Steph, and Draymond, but like those mid level exceptions, those vet exceptions along with Jordan Poole and Eric Pascal already on your bench, they have room to play with for the bench to make some moves. So they could be uh, back in the West Finals or potentially the NBA Finals next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we get out of here, got a few minutes left. Uh, y'all, y'all, y'all need to make sure y'all come to uh, Sportscaster and check us out. We're, we're not in the contest, but with, with our little our, our little group called uh, Unwrap Sports uh, by my guy Perry. Uh, we, you know, we're trying to get our views up on there when we come on come on live about what fifteen to twenty minutes I can say, and you know just 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 talking about different stuff, kind of building our own separate brand between between the two of us as the profits. Um, 
we we are one podcast, but like I said, we still are our own individuals. So you can follow us on Sportscaster at Rashad twenty three USN for 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 the un, unwrapped sports for unwrapped sports uh, network, and then you can follow me at Pastor Kevin Kev USN for the same for for the same thing unwrapped sports. So we're going on there. We I, I think I went I went live talking about the Capella trade and the Covington trade. Uh, I think Rashad, you said you're going to go on live um, today. Later on, later on today. Yeah. yeah, later on. So, so, so make sure after that y'all y'all check him out. You can you can you can follow him on Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter, and you can therefore you, he'll post a link. Um, follow him on Twitter at Mister Rashad underscore Too Cool, and you can follow me at Pastor underscore Kevin Kev, and I will be posting my link as well. I'm not going live today. I'm going live tomorrow. But that's that's all the time we have. Uh, the prophets preach, care, preach with Rashad, and we'll holler at y'all tomorrow next week.